This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. We live in a dark world, and, and we're going to talk about that this morning, because Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And so you're sitting there this morning going, oh yeah, I've heard that one before. Got this. Just hold that thought, because we're going to dig in a little bit this morning. I grew up on, uh, during the summer times, uh, when I was a kid and, and young adult even, um, I grew up on a farm in eastern Washington during the summertime. I grew up just on the other side of the water during the school year, but then in summers I went to my grandparents' farm in eastern Washington. One of my favorite things about the farm was it was dark. And by that I mean you're out in the middle of nowhere. It's a small little town. There are no lights of the cities around. So at nighttime you look up in the sky and it's like brilliant stars. In fact, on a cloudy night, it would get so dark that if you were out in the fields in a tractor or a truck or whatever, you couldn't see the horizon of the, of the skyline. So you'd be out in these valleys, and my uncle always told me if you're out there and you have a problem, you know, look for your tracks because that's the only way you're going to find yourself back, your way back because there's no light out there. But I would sleep in the basement, this basement of this old farmhouse, and it was so dark. I mean, when one, if you turn off the light, it was, it was so dark you couldn't see. I, I learned how to navigate my way to the bathroom in the dark and back. And I remember the, the light, the little flashers on the, on the clock radio. You remember those clock radios? That was like the only light that was in that room. I loved it. I loved sleeping out there. The smells, the sounds. It was so cool at night. Um, Love sleeping out there. But, um, but here's the reality. The morning always came. And the light of a new day, what did it represent? It was a new opportunity. Um, I, I love, my grandmother had a huge garden. And so every morning it was either strawberries or raspberries or blueberries or something in cereal. And you had this light. The light would come and it was a new day to work. I love that. But the light would always come. Maybe this morning you're in a place where the light hasn't come. You might be in a dark place or you've been in a dark place you know, or you know someone in a dark place and they're waiting for that light to come. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. We're going to dig into that and talk about that today. Darkness, unfortunately, is all around us. And I don't normally like to talk about this, but we need to examine this today because we need to recognize some things. The darkness of racial divide. The darkness of political divide. I saw a picture on social media uh, talking about Republicans and Democrats of ages past, not current, ages past, and how they, would, they might disagree, but they would talk about what was best for the country. But now it is either you're this way or you're that way, and you're right and you're wrong, and there is no discussion. There's a divide, the darkness, the darkness of suicide and hopelessness, the darkness of divided families, the darkness of broken marriages, the darkness of relationships that seemingly cannot be fixed. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The darkness of a post-Christian culture that is becoming increasingly hostile towards Christians 
That's the dark world that we live in. The darkness of the human spirit in, in art and music. There's a darkness in art and music at, at times. There's also light. But there is a, a heavy darkness. The darkness of human trafficking, the sex trade. We don't talk a great deal about that. But that is a darkness in our world. An oppressive darkness. The darkness of addiction, the darkness of crisis, the darkness of loneliness, the darkness of doubt and crippling fear. I've lived a substantial portion of my life in fear, and I didn't realize that until I was an adult. I'm still working through that. I'm still wrestling through not living in fear. That darkness that is just feels like the weight of the world is on you. I want to give you the big idea today. The big idea is this. Light always dispels darkness, not the other way around. Light always dispels darkness, not the other way around. I'm curious of why our culture and many Christians, I see your social media, if you're friends, why we're drawn to darkness. Why are we drawn to darkness in cinema and television? Why are horror movies, why are we drawn to that? Ever thought about that? I actually particularly don't like horror movies, um, but I'm drawn to different things, and I'll talk about that in a minute. minute. Why is there so much darkness in music and art? Why is there so much darkness in theme parks? Have you ever been to a theme park? I went to a, I went to a um, haunted house when I was like eight or nine, and there were like guys popping out of coffins and guys with chainsaws. I have never been more scared in my entire life, and that was a church event. <laughs> I am not, I'm actually not kidding, it was a church event. I was so scared. I took, we took our kids to um, um, Disney World and the Tower of Terror. One of my girls wouldn't even go in. It was like, what is going, why are we drawn to that? Why? why? I'm just, I don't know that I have an answer. I know the psychologists propose answers. Why are we drawn to that? I'm more drawn, and this is just the way I'm wired, I'm more drawn to like crime, figuring out why, why serial killers do what they do. I'm not drawn to crime drawn to figuring out why. We went to the movie, if you've ever seen it, Silence of the Lambs. It was when I was in college, and a bunch of guys went, a bunch of girls, and the girls were like, we're never going to a movie with you guys again. It's kind of dark. But there's this scene in there, in the Silence of the Lambs, when, when Clarice is at the very end, and she's found the criminal, but the F- rest of the FBI hasn't shown up yet, and she's in the basement in total darkness. So every sound she hears, she has her weapon drawn, and every sound she hears, she's like, where, where, where is he, where is he? And finally, he, she hears him cock or get his gun, cock his gun. She figures out where it is, and she fires her weapon. Well, the, the illumination from her weapon, obviously, in the movie, it, it shows she shoots him. Sorry, if you haven't seen the movie, I just, you know, blew it for you, but... Um, the illumination of that moment 
is like the illumination when Scripture enters our heart, when God enters our heart. We could be in complete darkness, and the weapon, which is God's Scripture, Remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about Nehemiah and how the workers worked with one hand and held a weapon in the other? That weapon is Scripture. And when the light from Scripture enlightens the heart, a new life is made. And that's what Jesus is all about. Um, listen to Job. He's talking about darkness. He's kind of a dark guy. Job 23, darkness is all around me. Thick, impenetrable darkness is everywhere. Think about our culture. Maybe think about your own life. Maybe there was a time when you were in a dark, in a dark place. I have lived through a dark place. I have lived through some dark moments. I wrestled this week with this message because it brought back some of those things. It brought up those things in my heart and my mind. I wrestled with my own what, what is in my heart, examining my heart to make sure that the light of God is there, not darkness. See, the battle we talked about a couple weeks ago in Nehemiah, the battle was for the heart, right? You remember my question? How's your heart? The battle is for our hearts, but our hearts can be shrouded in darkness so quickly and so easily. It can become debilitating. It can become crippling. The condition of the human heart can be so easily swayed. Our culture drives us to darkness and hopelessness and fear. Just watch the news. When was the last time that you saw a positive story on the news? I'm not saying that there aren't, but most of it is darkness. Watch Hollywood, the music industry, fear, COVID, fear for our kids, fear for our safety, fear, darkness, fear, fear, fear. And even the strongest of believer can let that darkness creep in, creep into our mind, creep into our hearts. We're also drawn to light though. You know what I'm drawn to recently? We have a little, uh, a little shorky. She's a half Shih Tzu, half Yorkie or breed. She's about seven pounds and she thinks she's about 100 pounds. She just thinks she's this vicious guard dog. But you know what I'm drawn to recently is these rescue dog things. Have you seen this on Facebook and on TV? Like I better never go to a shelter because I'll be taking like all of them home. Like I'm drawn, these poor dogs, they look so sad. I'm serious. It, like, I'm, like, I'm serious. I'm like, I'm drawn to that. I'm like, oh, though, poor doggy, we need to bring him home. I want to help. Anybody who would harm a dog or an animal, that's a dark place. That is a dark place. Remember the big idea. Light always dispels darkness, not the other way around. John 1.5 says this, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. One of my favorite books in the Bible is Exodus. If you've never read Exodus, I encourage you to do a study on Exodus. Some people say the Bible's boring. Just read Exodus and tell me that the Bible is boring. It's crazy stuff going on in Exodus. I mean, water coming out of a rock. All this, there's five bushes on fire. Like, it's, it's cra there's craziness in there. But it's so amazing. Listen to this. This is from Exodus 13. 
This is right around the time when the Israelites are being freed from Egypt. And Pharaoh let them go, and God led them. But he didn't lead them in a direct line because it says this, God, if people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Remember how, the, if you've read Exodus, the Israelites started to grumble. They were like, eh, we had it pretty good in Egypt, even though we were in captivity. We had it pretty good. Maybe we should go back. So God didn't take them in a direct path. God took them kind of in a roundabout way, about 40 years, which is kind of a really roundabout way. I mean, like you could walk across the United States and back in 40 years. God led them in around in 40 years. And so, but here's what it says. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them through the day with a pillar of cloud and provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or night, and the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. Now look at that last verse. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire, from its place in front of the people. The Lord led them. He did not remove the cloud by day or the fire by night. The Lord is trustworthy. And when we have the light of Jesus inside of us, he leads us when we're willing to follow. But here's the problem. Here's the rub. We want to go our own way. We live in an intensely independent society. And the West Coast is intensely independent. We lived in Chicago for 12 years. That was an, it's not a, that it was a different experience, but I will tell you this. We had to kick people out of church after church. Like, we want to go home. Here it's like, whoosh. And I've lived here most of my life. I mean, I lived in Chicago for 12 years, but I lived in the Northwest for most of my life. We live in an intensely independent, self-sufficient society. We tend to go our own way. There's an old hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, and there's a line that says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. We want to go our own way, and I propose to you this. We want to create our own light. There's all kinds of ideologies out there. There's all kinds of people who want to create their own light. But let me tell you this, if it doesn't line up with Scripture, it's not light. It is not the light of Jesus Christ. The problem is, if we don't live in light, darkness will creep in slowly and darken our hearts to his light. And darkness is subtle. I don't want to give the enemy credit, but he's good. He's subtle. It creeps in at first. A little disagreement between two people, two believers, a husband and a wife. That little disagreement can grow into resentment and hatred. Darkness can creep in if the light of Jesus is not guiding. Darkness can grow. How many people say this? How many people have you, have you ever heard this before? The church has hurt me. Ever heard that before? I propose to you this. The church is Jesus. Someone inside of the church, a human, has hurt you. A human has hurt them. It's easy to put that on the church. The church has hurt me. We were part of a church in, in Chicago, one of them, that was booming with growth and then turned another direction. 
There are people that will never go to church again because of what happened at that church, because they were hurt. I'm not saying they weren't hurt, but they were hurt by a person. They were hurt by a leader. Maybe you've been hurt by a person. Maybe you've been hurt by a leader. The problem is the darkness of that hurt can grow into resentment. The darkness of that hurt can grow into fear. The darkness of that hurt can grow into pull back and never engage. The darkness of that hurt can hurt your relationship long term. We need the light of Jesus to illuminate. When we let our guard down, darkness can sneak in. Remember those, those uh, in Nehemiah, the Israelites around Jerusalem, they worked with one hand and they held a weapon in the other. Scripture. Check out this verse about our nature and what input we take in light or darkness, Matthew 6, 23. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. This is a scary verse to me. If the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. What we think may be okay might be dark. What we think is okay to watch might be dark. And I've had to examine my own heart as I wrote this message because like I said, I like to watch crime dramas. I like to watch things about um, like how they figure this out. But there's some darkness there. And I had to kind of, I've had to kind of examine my own heart through this. I propose to you this question. Followers of Christ, parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, brothers, sisters, children, what are we allowing into the eye of our heart? If it's unhealthy, it could be dark. And then the darkness gets stronger and it creeps in and it prevails. See, God saw that there was good in light. Genesis 1-4. I mean, this is the fourth verse of the Bible. God saw that light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God separates the good from the bad, the light from the dark. I grew up on the farm, so a combine is a very unusual thing for me. A combine separated the kernel from the chaff. And the art was getting the combine set up so that you wouldn't blow any wheat past the, the straw chopper. The wheat would go in the grain tank and the chaff would go out the back, the straw. Matthew 3.12 says he is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he would clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. God saw the value, the goodness of light, and he separated it from the dark. When I had COVID in May... Um, there were some dark nights. It played with my mind a little bit. There's a couple nights when I couldn't wait for the morning, for the light. That's our heart's cry for Jesus. You might be in a dark place. You might have a broken relationship. You might have hurt. But God wants you to have that light of his truth So how do we apply this light to our life? 
I know I said this, these messages like this, I am the light of the world. I hear that on KCMS. I see it on all kinds of stuff. I don't want to, I don't want to, don't take me wrong. It just sounds cliche sometimes. But there is a direct, serious, powerful message in the fact that Jesus is light and he separates the darkness. It comes down to this verse, John 8, 12. Jesus spoke to people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Now there's four words in there that I'm gonna underline as I read that again. I want you to contemplate this, think about this. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. If you follow me. How many of you have a hard time following? You don't need to raise your hand. I think our culture has eroded that idea of following. Following scripture, following a pastor, following a teacher, following a leader. And in some cases, it's been warranted. There have been leaders that have been involved in horrific things. But how many have trouble following? Our culture is not built to follow. Our culture says, do what you want to do. Do what feels good to you. There are some churches out there that say, do whatever you want. We won't judge you. We'll just love you. And those are good things. But grace without truth is incorrect. You can't just have grace. You also can't just have truth. The two go together. Grace with truth. The truth is the light that is in Jesus needs to be emanating out of each of us. And it's so easy to let darkness come in. Kids see their parents rebel against authority. They see their kids not following. And we wonder why teachers have to deal with students who won't follow. They learned that somewhere. I'm not saying we just blindly follow. In fact, Scripture tells us we're not supposed to do that. Scripture says we're supposed to test the Word. We're supposed to test what a preacher says against the Word. My greatest fear when I preach, my greatest fear is that I would mess somebody up. I always pray as I'm walking out, I'm like, Lord, please don't let me mess somebody up today. Let the truth of your word come through me. Not my words, your word. Problem is in our culture, churches, Christians, we've created our own light that may or may not be actual light of Jesus. We call it things like enlightened or woke I'm not sure that those things line up with Scripture. And uh, we don't need to get off onto a side trail because we could get distracted and, and, and get off the main topic. But if, if 
what a pastor, what a believer, if someone says doesn't line up with scripture, it's not light. It's what that scripture we talked about earlier. What if the light isn't actual light? It's pseudo light. We need to be driven by God's light. Remember the verse at Matthew that we looked at earlier. If the light you have you think is light is actual darkness, how deep that darkness is. That verse in John is the key. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. John 12, 35 says, my light will shine for you just a little longer. Walk in the light while you can, so the darkness will not overtake you. Those who walk in darkness cannot see where they're going. In 1 Thessalonians, for you are children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. Remember the big idea today, light always dispels darkness, not the other way around. Can we challenge each other this morning? Can we ask the question in our own hearts, am I following? Can we ask the question in our hearts, has some past hurt or darkness lingered maybe for years? Can we ask the question, I'm in a situation currently that could, be, could go to darkness, whether it's relational, whatever it may be. Am I going to let darkness overtake? Or am I going to stand in the light of Jesus? Am I going to follow him to the light and let his light, the truth of Scripture, guide me? Like I said, if something somebody says or what we believe in our own hearts, and that's why we have to examine our hearts, if it doesn't line up with Scripture, it is not the light of Jesus. Scripture is our guide. Scripture is our weapon. Scripture is our enlightenment. So I want to pray with you this morning. I don't know where you're at, but I know this. I had to wrestle with this this very week as I wrote this message. I wish I could stand here before you today and tell you I have it all together or I have the answers for everything. I don't. The Bible does. His Spirit does. So maybe this morning you need to say to God in your own words, God, I need, I need help with this. God, there's been a darkness inside of me Maybe that darkness has been there for years. My prayer for you this morning is God will set you free. There is freedom in Jesus. There is freedom from the darkness that can be overwhelming. The darkness might have gripped you for a long time and you seemingly can't get out from underneath it. But I'm here today to tell you as someone who came out from underneath it, the light of Jesus can set you free.
and that's God's desire. Maybe for the first time today you say, I need what you're talking about, Jason. Maybe for the first time in a long time you say, I need to get this figured out. My prayer is that you won't walk out this door and say, oh, that was, that was a nice message, or that was, those were nice worship songs. My prayer is that you'll say, I got to do something with this. I got to deal with this. My heart is clouded, and I need to deal with this. I'm going to pray for you this morning. And if that's you in any, in any scenario, whatever, whatever you're walking through, lift your heart to him today. Open your heart. Let him reveal the darkness because his light is true. Let's pray. Father, our victory is found only in you. We can have all the money in the world. We can try our hardest. We can strive for success. But if our heart is not filled with you, if our heart is not filled with the light of Jesus, darkness could overwhelm us. Freedom is in you. Victory is in you. Victory is because of the cross, the mighty cross. And this morning, Lord, I pray for every heart in this room online. I pray for every heart that our hearts would be not only drawn to you, but our hearts would respond to your prompting. Our hearts would respond to your spirit. Our hearts would respond to truth. God, as we sing this song, as we respond, Fill us with your light. Eradicate the darkness. Push out the darkness. Destroy the darkness. Break down the walls that may have been there for years and replace it with freedom. Replace it with light. Replace it with the joy that is found in Jesus. In your name, amen.